Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to this special edition of the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Vicini. Today's episode is a little bit different. It is a tape watch along with Amen and Asor Thompson. These are two potential lottery picks in the 2023 NBA draft. They're twins and they currently play with the overtime elite program. Now, here's the thing about this episode. It's going to work a lot better if you can actually see the tape that we're breaking down. That's why I'm going to tell you, you're going to want to watch this on YouTube, which is where it has gone up already. The best way for you to watch this episode is absolutely by going to the YouTube channel, Game Theory Podcast with Sam Vicini, and watching it. You can listen to us diving deeply into the tape, or you can listen to us and you can hear them breaking down some of their games. You can hear them breaking down some of their biggest highlights. You'll understand how their basketball brain works. I totally get it. It's an audio medium here on the Game Theory Podcast, just as much as it's a visual medium. But I would encourage you guys, go subscribe to the YouTube channel, Game Theory Podcast with Sam Vecini, to watch this one because it'll be a little bit better for you. Having said that, here's the podcast I recorded with Amen and Asar Thompson from Overtime Elite. Hello and welcome to the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Vecini. We are presented by The Athletic. Today on the show, it's a special edition of the podcast. It's more of a video component because, as you can see if you're watching on YouTube, the guests of the show are Amen and Asar Thompson. What's going on, guys? What's up? What's up? None. We're just chilling. <laughs> oh, love it. So, Amen and Asar are potential lottery picks in the 2023 NBA draft. They are some of the highest flying wing prospects I've seen. They're both six foot seven, six foot 10, six foot 11 wingspan, something like that. They have incredibly fun games and I'm really excited to break down tape with them. But first you guys play for the overtime elite program in Atlanta. You're going to be playing in TBT this weekend. So you're going to be introduced to an even wider audience I mean, can you explain a little bit about your backgrounds? Like you guys are from Oakland, California, then you moved down to Florida, now you're at OTE. Just kind of explain yourselves in your own words a little bit and what your journey has been like up until you got to the OTE program. Yeah, so we, we've always played basketball since like third grade. We started off in California, uh, the Bay Area, 
And in eighth grade, we moved to Florida. Uh, right when we got there, we played varsity. Up until 11th grade, we won the state championship, and then we just had the offer to come to OTE, and we came to OTE. You know, it's been a great experience. So what what made you guys do that? What, what, what made you guys choose this pathway? Because you guys weren't the first. I believe the Beaulieu twins were the first to do this among the super high-level prospects. But you guys were among the first, and I, I would consider you guys the highest-profile NBA prospects to do this, certainly at this point. What made you decide that that pathway was the right one for you? You want me to go? Yeah, you got it. I think um, what made us decide it was the right choice for us was first off the high school year, like the senior year of our high school wasn't going to be the same level of competition, the same level of training at all. Um, and I feel like my bad. I feel like the training was a very um, important aspect to the signing with OTE because we have trainers that we can have access to 24 seven. You know, if one trainer is busy, there's a hundred more. Not actually 100, but you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's a great program down there. Uh, I mean, what have you guys felt like you've gained at this point? Like, is it just purely like basketball at this point? Like, you guys train a lot. Like, I know that I've talked to people around the program. You guys are doing two-a-days. It seems like every day it feels like in terms of training. And uh, the game quality, for instance, this year has been – or last year was pretty strong. You're seeing Don Barlow succeed on some level in summer league at the moment. He just had that matchup against James Wiseman, and I thought played pretty well dealing with a very energetic James Wiseman that was coming back from injury. What do you think you've gained from this OCE pathway at this point? Um, well, from what I've gained besides – Obviously, like skill work, confidence, because, you know, you're putting in the work two to three times a day watching film. So, like, the little skills work. But I also feel like um, being able to talk to, like, you even, being able to market, mm. being able to, um, like, articulate yourself and your, like, interests. Because we have people like Whitney who's, who are going to help us. People <laughs> like Ryan Rossi in the kitchen. You know, people who just really care about you and want to see you not mess up on live TV, stuff like that. <laughs> Have you guys had any uh, mess ups yet on live TV? I don't know if I can mess up. It's, it seems like kind of hard. No, no, no. <laughs> I think, oh. It's not like if you're a normal human being, it's like not hard to be on camera. I feel like it's just, you know, just act like yourself on some level. Uh, so. You're going to be playing in TBT this weekend. A lot of people, I think, would have seen this as something of a risky decision, right? Like, you're going up, you're teenagers, you're playing against 26, 27-year-olds. These dudes have been playing overseas for years upon years. What made you decide to do this? Um, you know, you know they, they just came up to us with the opportunity. They, they were talking about... We might play in the TBT, and we were like, oh, put us on the roster. And then, yep. you know, at the time, you don't know if it's actually going to happen. But then it started <laughs> actually, like, because it was, like, a while ago. And so, but then it actually started coming into, like, like happening. So, I mean, we, they put us on the roster, us, Jay Gort and Jalen Martin, and we just, you know, we were just excited to do it. And it, it seems 
it seems like it's gonna be fun. I think it's gonna be fun. It's yeah, what do you fun. think you're gonna what do you think you're gonna gain from this? Uh experience. Yeah. I think we're gonna gain experience, you know, playing stronger dudes, uh, uh experience. I've gained a lot of experience with through practices, you know, we have a lot of like mentors, they've all been at a higher level. Uh, and you know, just you know, playing older playing older guys. I I feel like hmm? uh, <laughs> and um exposure also and I also feel like I feel like our group of guys, like our young guys, are never the type to run from competition. Yeah. Yeah. Like regardless yeah. cause it's either way, it's a learning experience. If I don't do it, I never I didn't get to play against those high level guys who've been playing overseas. If I do if I do it, I get to show I can possibly what? What's the word? You can hang from the jump. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I could compete with them, and you know, maybe outshine a lot. Some of them. So, I think we're really confident in each other, the young guys and the whole team in general. So, well, and some of these dudes, like I'm sure they know who you are. You know who they are. Like they they know what your profile is. They're gonna come for you. You know what I mean? And that's gonna be a great experience for you because that is. That's what's coming for you down the pike in the NBA. You know, guys are going to see, you know, lottery pick Amen Thompson, lottery pick Asor Thompson, and they're going to try and gun for you. And this is like a first taste of that almost because these dudes, like a lot of these dudes can play in the NBA, like no question. I'm sure that I think I saw that like you guys have Malcolm Thomas and some other like high level pros on your team. Like these dudes are good, as I'm sure you're like seeing up close and in person right now in practice. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah, we definitely are good, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to give you a chance to introduce yourselves in terms of how you profile your own games to just the audience here and to NBA fans in general. So, Amen, you go first. How do you see your game? Kind of explain what you see as your best skills, what you see your role as uh, moving forward in your career? Um, I feel like some of my best skills are attacking the rim, passing, you know, since season ended, I feel like ball handling's become one. And um, defense, mm. defense, I feel like, is one of my strengths. Yeah, I like – what you're capable of doing from a field perspective, just, you know, making plays on the ball. And you you guys both really push tempo, obviously, right? Like, that's the name of the game with you. You just are so much more athletic than anyone you've played at this point. And I think you're going to stand up as elite-level athletes in the NBA even. And your ability to push tempo, I think, really stands out. A sore, that stands out for you as well. How would you kind of describe your game and your role? Um, you know, I would describe myself like more of the shooting guard of the two. Uh, but I'm very, I'm comfortable at the, like playing the one. I feel good in my handle. I'm, I'm, I think my strengths are passing, like you said, attacking, uh, defense for sure. Yeah. So I feel like I would use those three finishing at the rim, you know. All right. So. I'm going to ask you guys this, just to rate 
between the two of you, who do you think is the better athlete, the more explosive athlete between the two of you? Between the two of us? I mean, look, when we did, when, look, <laughs> I'd say, I'd say we're just as explosive. He just does cooler dunks. I'd, I'd say, <laughs> I feel like we got like the same explosive. Okay, so we're, give me a second. All right. So we're both, you really, gotta think about it. We're both really explosive. I think it's the, in, which, in the ways we use our explosiveness. Asar has like a little bit of a float to his. Yeah. Float. Like he'll hang in the air for a while, get what he wants. And I can do that too. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and mine's a little bit more aggressive, fast, yeah. fast twist. But Asar could do that too at the same time. So I would say we're more athletic. I mean, we're the same athleticism. Yeah, <laughs> they manifest in different ways. I think that was actually a pretty good explanation because it's right. Like a sword, does a has like awesome footwork, and you just like are you're going every time. You know what I mean? Like it's you just use that explosiveness, that twitch that you have, and you're just trying to be aggressive and get into the paint every time. Part of its role, right? Like you're the lead guard. You're trying to collapse the defense at a high level to be able to spread and shoot to sh- or I get to shooters. Yeah. Okay. Asor, you shot 23% from three last year. Amen shot 22% from three last year. So it's close. Who is the better shooter right now between the two? The better shooter. Me. Let I me say. That's, a, that's aggressive. Let me say. The better shooter don't have to talk. We don't have to talk. <laughs> but I would say um, – I feel like we're equal in that too at this point because um, I've been working on my shot a whole lot, like all year. That's what I was working on. So, you know, from last year to this year, I feel like I'm a whole different person shooting mm-hmm. the ball wise. And um, I know Asar is too. So um, I might give it to him right now, but I'm definitely like, I'm, I'm creeping up there. See, I said the shooter doesn't have to talk, and he gave that. And long. then he talked. Yeah. And then I just sat there. I also like to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the better ball handler between the two? I don't think there is a better I, ball. I feel like we come, we use because because of our roles on the team. Like we use like ball handling differently. Like he comes off a screen more than I come off screen, so he has more experience at the screen. I have more experience, like, catching it on the wing and getting into something, like, from the wing. Yeah. But, yeah, so I would say, yeah, we just do it a little different. Like, well, it, I'm not, it, not going say, to say he's a better ball handler than me, you know? It is really interesting the way you guys describe it because you do have very similar level skill, like, talents, but the way that you manifest them on the court is drastically different in a lot of ways and it's yeah. fascinating the way that you because it's clearly like the way you guys were brought up i would assume right i always say like we have like similar impacts on the court like offensive defensively it's just like the way we get to it yeah it, it feels like if you know if was it who how did you guys decide who was going to play point guard and who was going to be more of the wing when you were younger did we even decide that no we didn't decide i don't Honestly, I don't remember how it happened, but 
all I know is that we would switch on and off, but like a man would run it more than me. Like, so he'd run it like 60%, I'd run it like 40 and then it's just like, but it was like, I don't, I don't even know. I don't remember how it came. It came like, but all I know is our whole lives, he's been running point a little more. Yeah. It just feels like you both could have done it. And like you, you know, you both could play the opposite role that the other one does. It's just that you have now been taught for a few years now in your role that you've played and you're better at that. Now Uh, your skills are very interesting to me in that way. Okay, so with all of this out of the way, I want to break down some tape with you guys. We're only going to do offense here. I do just want to note that I do really like both of your defensive tapes. I think Amen's excellent at the point of attack, really good at shooting passing lanes. Asar, really, really good as a weak side rim protector. Uh, Probably a little bit better on ball, I think, against wing-sized guys. Uh, You're both really, really good defenders. Is that something you guys like truly take pride in? Uh, on uh, like just a day-to-day basis. Yeah, definitely take pride in defense because you know there's a lot of people who play offense, and it's like, what is what are you gonna do if like you know shots not falling? Like, how are you gonna impact the game? So like, when your shots not falling, defense is just effort. Like, it's if you play defense, I feel like it's hard to have a bad defensive game. You know. Yep. Um, and do you have any strong thoughts? On defense, I feel like um, ever since we were younger, our dad always had us doing defensive slides around the court for super long, like over and over and over again. And he made sure that, like, our team was always super small compared to every other team. Like, mm. have our center be 5'11", we playing a 6'8 center. <laughs> and um, I think we always, like, had to play defense. And, you know, as you get older, you see that, like, it's not the dudes like obviously the dudes who have like great offensive talent get in into the league, but you see a dude like Patrick Williams picked fourth. Um, Scotty Scotty Bond does the I didn't want to name two Florida State dudes, but those two. Um, just like people who get picked high because defense yeah. they do and go hard. So then you know, Scotty obviously adds the offense. Like yeah, is he goes. Like, and defense side of it, like, there's really nothing that can stop. Yeah. Okay. So let's jump in here. Need to take some things off the screen here because we need some space. We're talking about players securing the bag when they get drafted in June. I need to tell you about securing your internet connection with NordVPN. What is a VPN? It's a virtual private network. A VPN reroutes your traffic through a remote server, encrypting it in the process. This is going to hide your location from your ISP, hackers, and from other people looking to get your data. Everybody knows that I watch as many movies as I can. I think I've probably watched like 40 or 50 this year already. Some movies are blocked in Australia. It's really hard for me to watch them. Uh, For instance, uh, anybody who's tried to get their hands on Godzilla Minus One recently knows that it's basically only available in Japan. And you need a VPN if you want to go to like Amazon Prime or something to be able to watch it. So when I'm blocked from watching a movie in Australia, I just queue up my VPN 
I change my location and it unlocks a category of movies from all of my favorite streaming services. As somebody who's always on the go, connecting to public Wi-Fi is a necessity, but it's also just a goldmine for hackers. That's where Nord comes in, creating a secure tunnel for my data to travel through away from prying guys. There are other benefits to Nord as well. Your browsing history is yours and yours alone. Your virtual location is masked from those who seek to track your every move. It's like having a force field around your online identity. NordVPN also goes the extra mile with threat protection. Malware, trackers, dodgy ads, they're all going to get blocked. It's like having a shot blocking big around your devices 24-7. Game Theory is offering an exclusive deal for NordVPN. You're going to get four extra months and up to 75% off subscriptions. Just head to nordvpn.com slash game theory, G-A-M-E-T-H-E-O-R-Y, to claim your account. Plus, with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Go to nordvpn.com slash game theory to claim your account, nordvpn.com slash game theory. Guys, I can't emphasize enough uh, how much I use Nord every day of my life. Uh, Nord is a fantastic sponsor for us. So go support Nord. And it's a great product. So nordvpn.com slash game theory. Let's go. All right. Here is our first clip. We got... A sore coming down, Duncan. It's like, it's kind of around, Amen. Um, like, you're in the area, um, nah, nah. I don't even know that. Let me tell you, let me tell you. Yeah. When, when I dunked it, because every time I dunk, people say, why don't you, you you don't ever react. And then I think, was it was the same? I don't know. He probably did Look something. Face. Yeah, he, Look at that. He had to do something, because I honestly, I don't even really want to do that. But... <laughs> <laughs> nah, 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 but he, he had to have done something. I wouldn't just have done that to him. I, hey, go through that whole thing. I, I didn't do nothing to him. <laughs> <laughs> you did, you, for what it's worth. So I don't have the end of the clip here. You looked away. You didn't. You didn't react didn't at know, all. There was I nothing there. That. I didn't even. I didn't know he did that until um, I watched the film. <laughs> well, and like. The way that the camera like edits, it looks like a sore gives you like a little bit of a shove at the end too, which even makes it like more fun. Oh, you did, did you? But I didn't. I, honestly, I didn't even know I looked at him after the dunk. Like when I seen that after, I was like, every time I see it, I'm like, I did that. I think it's funny because I didn't even like notice the shove or anything. I just like, I didn't notice none of that until I watched it. On the <laughs> I was. I oh, this it. is. I'm like, bro, you. This is how you. This is how you feel. That's how you feel. <laughs> Was that a uh, was that was that a nice conversation between the two of you? No, nah, it was jokes. I beat him in two That's, so that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's go to the second clip. So the second one is going to be, ah, man. So and, and I wanted to start with these ones because I think they showcase just how lethal you guys are in transition, right? So, Amen's grabbing and going on the break. Here we go, crossover. I love. Just to rewind here, you know, you're pump faking, you're putting your eyes onto, I believe that's Ryan Buley, right? That's TJ Clark. Oh, yeah, it, it is. Is Blair. that TJ Clark? Oh, yeah. Matt, Ryan's behind you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm never going to get the Buley twins right. Like throughout this entire conversation. My team, if it's number one, 
it's Matt. So that's yeah. The bully right there is Matt. Matt has the dreads. Matt has dreads. Ryan has Ryan cut his off mid year. Okay, there we go. Um, so you look off here. You look off to what you said was TJ Clark. You force this man on defense here. I wish I had a pointer. I don't even think you can really see what I'm pointing to. You force the man on defense here to at least like consider the fact you're going to make this pass. He has to commit to the defender in some way. Is that what your goal is in transition? You guys constantly put pressure, it seems like, on defenders to make these hard decisions. Is that something that is a goal for you guys, just using your athleticism to put pressure on defenders in that way to make difficult two-on-one, three-on-two decisions? Yeah, 100%. I I feel like both of us, every time we're on um, a fast break, you know, I try to, like, misdirect with my eyes, maybe my shoulders, ball fakes, just to um, keep the defense guessing in transition because that's, like, the hardest thing to guard for us. So this next one is going to be of a sore, and this is going to be just like a nasty spin move out on, you know, early offense, not, you know, semi-transition. You're going to set this guy up with a little hesitation inside out. You're going to get him going going left. You're going to spin back. That backspin is one of your favorite moves, it feels like. That's your auto counter if you have any space. You're going to try and backspin over that left shoulder. How did you develop that move, a sore? Uh, I'm like, like we used to do a lot of like every dribble move like growing up like spin move like it's not like I do that move when I feel like like as you can see like there's like no one in the paint so I know if he bites if I get him bite there I feel like that's the quickest thing I could do to go there besides like a euro step and a euro would have been hard because how close he was to me at the time so I just said I'm gonna spin so, so yeah here's here's another one I mean just nasty this one's in half court but I, I think it really showcases just you guys do such a good job of getting low right you guys use leverage exceptionally well with your athleticism you know you get low here it becomes really really difficult for this defender if you're lower than if your shoulders are basically lower than this guy's hips yeah. i mean you guy has no chance to be able to react to the way that you're going to move. That that spin, a counter spin move is absolutely lethal. Asura. It's one of my favorite moves that you have in your bag. Um, uh, Amen. What do you, what would you say is your favorite move that you have in your bag? Um, I don't know. I feel like that's what I've worked on this summer a lot, like developing something I could get to every time. So a lot of counters like this season, I feel like I was mainly like my move was knowing I could beat the dude off the dribble and I was more athletic. But since season ended, I've been working with everybody like twice a day just to develop um, more of a finesse game, more of a thing I could get to every single time. And I feel like that's the difference between me from last year to a couple months later. I'll, so, I'll say know. I'll say his move because he he I don't feel like he knows his how this move be, like gets people his crossover like he does a he does a, a very the fastest crossover you know, there's probably some highlights about it. i got to see it but he, I, I don't think so this season really all i know is he does the fastest crossover well honestly like you know this is like a little encapsulation of it so he's going to hit this guy here he's going to go left to right real quick it's it's the shoulders i think you do a really good job of selling the crossover with your shoulders Amen. Yeah. uh 
it makes it really, really hard for the defender to read where it's going. I think that's a pretty good call, Sore. Um, having said that, um, and I'm glad you brought up just running past someone and dunking on people because uh, yeah. so <laughs> theoretically there's a defender here that like could have, I guess, stunted and tried to cut you off. There's like a bit of a lazy dig there. You have a defender coming in to help. This guy just has no chance that's on the ball here with you. And yeah, no chance. Once you have that angle, it's I will over. say that um the dig it was a lazy dig, but if you know Tyler, Tyler's gonna knock a shot down. I know that spacing is bad. Tyler's number eleven with the green shoes. The yeah, yeah, yeah. So he really could have dug in some more. But I don't think they want to leave Tyler with two seconds left on the shot clock because nah. he's always making a big play. I was so mad when this play happened because I came out to play before. <laughs> You just wanted you wanted to meet him at the rim. I not no. Um, I wanted to. <laughs> was that the first point of that? It was a game. No. Okay. Well, I just didn't want him to. I didn't want that to happen, especially after because that I did the behind the back into the dunk, and I didn't want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't. I didn't think it was going to get outdone in the whole game. Not. I didn't think it was going to get outdone in the first quarter at all. I mean, that's nasty. And to your point, um, and on the dig. It's like it's a little bit half-hearted, but you're right. Like he does need to stay attached to the shooter. Yeah. Realistically, this low man here, not even the guy who actually does help from the yeah. cross wing, the low man probably needs to be the guy who's coming over to help at the end of the day. And he doesn't yeah, they both need to dig. Right. But I, I understand a little bit why he stayed because Tyler's a knockdown. Yeah, he was killing. Yeah. Okay. Next up. We've got this one. I think this is another one that really showcases the leverage you guys play with. You guys are incredibly explosive athletes, but you're functional. You have great body control as well. Like some guys, they're explosive. They jump off at two feet. It's powerful, but they can't really do anything in the air. Like there's not a lot of hang time. There's not, you know, a lot of ability to adjust the angle in midair with your layup. Like you guys love that little skyhook layup. You love to be able to pump fake and then bring it around. Like, where did you guys develop that kind of body control? Is it just like a God-given ability? Is it something that, you know, you guys really worked on throughout the course of your lives to, like, really try and stay in control of your, essentially, limbs? Yeah, I feel like we worked on a lot of, like, like, like running to the basket and doing, like, like, a reverse layup. Or like just making up like layups. The foul game. Oh yeah, nah, we we do this game where we like <laughs> it's like you take layups, but you purposely foul the other person, and they have to like still like make it and stuff. So you kind of have to do a whole bunch some contorting with your body. And also, we did a lot of miking growing up. Yeah. Mm. So so that makes sense. The other thing you guys do, and I've talked about it a couple times. I've used the word leverage a lot on this podcast, but like. You know, just look at how low a man is getting here. Like a lot of guys that are your size, they try to like, I feel like in basketball, a lot of people are taught to stay big, especially like younger kids are taught to stay big. You guys get the most out of your athleticism by using your leverage and getting low and driving off of your back foot. Look at the way Amen here is going to drive off of that back foot. Right. And he's going to be able to just blow by this guy. And on top of that, you use your stride length really well. Because you're getting low, 
you're extending those strides out and it makes it even easier for you with your lethal first step to be able to get past these guys. How did you guys go about developing those skills? I think those might just be God given. Like you say. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we didn't really develop those skills. I feel like since I was small and like not the most athletic jumping wise, I was always like, I always was like that. We were both. interesting because you, you both do it. I was curious if it was like something your dad taught you when you were younger, like one of your high school coaches, like it, it is a big important factor as you guys move up levels, like just that ability to get the most out of your athleticism in the way that you do, because you know there are a lot of really twitchy explosive athletes, but I think few utilize their athleticism in the way that you guys are capable of on the court. Um, now let's move to this seventh clip here. A sore. This is one where you guys were, Oh shit. Here we go. Here. We, let's see here. Yeah. Lost it. So this is an example. It's just like a little yeah, close up of you getting low with that dribble. Yeah. So I have a story behind that shot. Cause there's a lot of times I take this shot in the season. Like my dad was a big, uh, Xavier Simpson. Yeah, Michigan, like Xavier Simpson. You know, Will Barnard, Michigan. Yes. So, so when he was at Michigan, our dad used to make us watch the games, and he'd be like, like he used to say it all the time. If y'all could, y'all, y'all should go add this because we would have like a Mike and series that we would do every day. He would be like, y'all should go add this to the Mike and series. If you, if y'all, because if a five eleven dude could do it and never get blocked and make that his shot, then maybe y'all could. Good too. So <laughs> we we would work on that shot all the time. And it, it's funny because I actually so I talked to Jay Gort and he said he had a similar experience. So it was just funny to me. Like we all got the shot from the same person. It's gonna be really funny if Xavier Simpson, who's at Summer League right now, I've seen like a bunch of tweets from NBA writers who have just never watched Michigan, right? And they're just like, wait, what the hell is this? Like, there's this six foot tall guard who's taking sky hooks, like in the middle of the paint. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be really cool if there's just like a group of teenagers, like younger guys who watch Xavier Simpson whose dads were, you know, grew up in the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar days and were like, you should add that to your game because I feel like that might be coming at this point. I mean, it's you're right. It's impossible to block. I don't know how anyone would deal with that. I mean, Alexander Saar is enormous. (laughs) Like, how how big is Alex? Alex has got to be seven foot with like a seven foot two wingspan. Like, he's an NBA size center. Oh, but that, you know, for for always – Alex, if you watch this, you're my little bro. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) We're trying to teach Alex that, too. He's about to be the next Kareem. (laughs) So let's dive into Amon's tape a little bit here. And I want to talk about the passing with Amon because it's just nasty, I think. Um, Here we go. We're going to have a ball screen coming up from Matt Buley. It looks like even at this point, right? This is when I'm seeing TJ. And I'm yeah. just like I'm waiting for Matt to go. So I try to do it between the legs. I lose it. That's when I dribble. And I throw it. No, I knew he was there. That's why I kind of look like I'm not even looking at him when I throw it. For real. Yeah. 
it looks like you're looking at the backside tagger here that's yeah. tagging on to Matt Buley, and you're just essentially waiting to be able to get control of the ball now to be able to throw this whip pass to the corner, which is ridiculous. Like, it, it, it's really – that's a really high-level pass. Like, that is that is an immediately translatable pass to the way NBA teams defend. How did you kind of develop your vision in terms of being able to read that backside tagging defender? I feel like uh, I've always had like a little a little bit of a IQ on that aspect. Like I knew how to do that, but this year working with like the OTE staff, they really like were like you can um you could play a couple positions, and we're going to teach you how to come off screens and look see how defense is playing and read off how the defense is playing and um, learn how to use your vision, always look up. And, you know, I'm taller than most people guarding me. So I feel like OTE did a really good job of helping me um, develop just my playmaking and um, what you said, the vision. Yeah. When he, when he drives the dude, like if he drives right, that dude has to commit. And that dude doesn't drop fast enough. Yep. That's not no, I think you're dead right. Okay, let's go to this one now. So you're gonna come up. You're gonna. It looks like you actually sent this guy through here. Is that right? Yes. So you send this guy through. Ball screen comes up. It looks like here, and I can rewind a minute. It looks like the whole time. You know you have this point of attack defender who's trying to get over the top of the screen beat, and you're just waiting for this man, this help defender at the rim to commit. Is that well, right? You're just kind of you're waiting for the two to two on one on the backside to happen. Yeah. Well, first I would say um, I was expecting um, a sorry not to like be back. I didn't really feel him on the screen, so I didn't know he was back with me. So I was actually going up to try and finish and then he come up really really well and I know um I know Tess is going to be right there so I knew what the next pass was going to be I feel like yeah now that you say that I honestly didn't even recognize I was like so focused on what you were doing in that clip I didn't even realize that Asar was guarding you there I think that's a really good encapsulation of like Asar's recovery speed defensively though like that like he got back in that play at a really high level and he cut. He kind of cut off my ability to just euro step around Jalen because he was right on yeah. my hip. So then yeah, I was like, head on. Mm-hmm. So I know Tess is going to be there because I I know what the play is. So 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 you're not. So it's essentially a play. So what I thought happened here, I guess is I thought you were specifically drawing this help defender and you were waiting for this backside defender here who's kind of guarding like the dump off guy in the dunker spot. I thought you'd be waiting to see which direction he goes because theoretically that guy could try to oh, shoot out. I didn't mean I know where the play is. I know, I know where um, I kind of understand our space. I know I understand our space in a little bit. That's awesome. Okay. So, that makes so, even more yeah, sense. I'm definitely – yeah, this wasn't even a play. I'm definitely <laughs> attacking, looking to score. I know when I attack, a lot of people have been drawn to me because I'm athletic. I know he's going to come up, and I know um, elite's defensive scheme, the back defender has to slide down. Bryce is just kind of like standing, so <laughs> I, see, um, I see the pass. 
So here comes this next clip here. So you're going to take this pass on the wing. And before you even dribble, I mean, you just see this man in the back corner kind of ball watching a little bit. Yeah. And just whip right over cross corner kick. How much are you diagnosing before you even put the ball on the deck generally? Like how, like upon the catch, like how much are you trying to read the defense and where it is and how you can manipulate it either before you put the ball on the deck or, you know, in the ways that you can put the ball on the deck? You know, I feel like most times I do try to like see the next, the next like reaction our team's going to, their defense is going to make. So I see, um, I see a stars guarding me. It's going to be kind of hard to take it off the dribble, but I also know that the team expects me to come off the dribble. So the back defender, he's not even looking at his man at all. And I see Tez creeping. So, yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that really stands out here is the ball is just directly in the shooter's pocket. Like that. that is – did you throw spin on that ball too? I can't tell if it's like the angle, but it looks like the ball like even spins back a little bit into his shooter's pocket. It might have. I, I don't know. I worked on that a lot this year. Tim, yeah. Tim Fanning. That's one of the main things he was trying to get me to do because, like, I always had the passing, like, reads. I knew where to pass, but it was the crispness of the pass, the rotation, the um, always being in the shooter's pocket, like you said. So, Yeah, that that is a, an absurd read. And then this is going to be the last one here as I pull it up. All right, so you're going to come here. You're going to take this ball screen. I love your patience here. I love how you get this man just totally trapped on your hip. You put him in jail. This guy has no chance to do anything with you. You're just bigger. You're stronger than he is. And you wait. You wait for the play to develop. You wait for this man here to commit. He commits to you. You see that Matt Buley has his man totally sealed off. So this guy's guarding two defenders, essentially, or two Mm -hmm. offensive players, essentially. You make him commit. It looks like he commits to the right, and you just hit this little wraparound bounce pass. What are you reading here as you come across this, like throughout this entire play? Now, this play is is specifically like me just seeing what the center is going to do. Um, I have the other dude completely on my back. Everybody um, knows, you know, I get in the paint. I'm going to try to, like, you got to try to score. So I'm just waiting to see if the defender jumps up to pass if he doesn't. It's a floater or maybe even a layup at the rim. Yeah, that's a good question. That's something I wanted to ask you. I mean, I feel like I didn't see you take a ton of just like mid-range stuff this year. It feels like the in-between game is a big spot for you to make an improvement. How are you going about kind of working on that in-between game? That's um, one of the main things I've been working on this summer, just uh, jump shot in general. But um, get taking the shots I, I get. Because I feel like I can I can get to a spot most times, like whenever I want. It's just like it was just the confidence to shoot it. And I've been working really hard this summer. And I feel like I, I'm gaining the confidence to shoot it. I feel like I've gained the confidence to shoot it for real. Interesting. I'm not, yeah. I'm not shots, but yeah. Well, it's it's an incredibly important part of the NBA game, right? Like you watch NBA games, I'm sure, and this is something I'm going to ask both of you. But Amen, I mean, who were some of the guys that you watch that you try to pull little things from to put into your game? Um, 
you know, it's like multiple people. I wouldn't just say like one person, but LeBron is my favorite player, but I don't try to play like LeBron. I feel like like the tall guards, the tall athletic guards. I love Luca, Shy, Ja, De'Aaron. Luca's not athletic, but he's just so smart. Um, just those tall guards, defensive, athletic, DeJounte Murray. Yeah. DeJounte is a really good one for you. Yeah. So let's go to Asar's tape now. Let's see if I can pull up clips here. They only let me upload 10 clips to start. So now I'm like scrambling as we go through. All right. 12th clip here. Go to Asar. What are you reading here? Uh, The defense is playing off. And I was, you know defense plays off you got to shoot it like he's he's going under a screen at the free throw line while i'm at the three-point line so it's like this is white shirt under shirt white undershirt asar it's old school <laughs> so is that just an automatic read for you at this point guy goes way under the ball screen at the foul line you're gonna get to the step back and try to pull guy goes under the screen yeah you, you automatically you have to just show that you are willing to shoot the ball I think that's so critical. I mean, that's how you're going to make your money in the NBA is just being able to make that read. Like I know, you know, we talked earlier, you shot 23% from three this year. That's your game. Like you need to be able to make that shot at the end of the day. So the confidence to be able to take it and just the continued improvement, right? Like you're going to get to the point where you're a good shooter. The mechanics look pretty clean. I think like, you know, I'll ask you later on what, some of the things are that you're doing to work on your shot, both of you. But look at the footwork. I think it's terrific. The only slight thing that I see here, and it's a couple of, it's a thing that kind of comes up a little bit, is your right foot tends yeah. to fly out a little bit, right? Yeah. What, what is, how did that kind of come about? You know, <laughs> I, I really don't know. But it definitely was a frustrating process to try to put it back. And it's, you know, it's still a working pro, pro, whoa, progress. Thank you. It's <laughs> still a working progress, but like, I'm still like, it's definitely getting better. I'm, I'm aware of it, you know, and I'm just making little adjustments day by day, you know, because, yeah. All right. Let's go to this next clip here you're gonna come off of a double drag in this one in semi transition here you go coming off you're gonna right foot plant and just step in with that left foot that's a really hard shot for guys that are right-handed coming in what are you seeing here as you're coming down and what is your decision to just right foot plant and go uh you know i feel like once you like, if you can see, he can, he goes under two, two ball screens, like going under maybe going under one, but going under two means like he's not respecting the shot, you know. So the original play was to drag, get straight to the cup, get a switch on like Tyler or Ethan, one of the bigs, but he want he went under both. So I know he's not going to expect me to shoot the ball if he's going under screens. So I shot it, and he contested late. Like basically uncontested. Well, it definitely was contested, but still, I didn't see him. It felt, it felt, uncontested. <laughs> it felt uncontested. It's a great, it's a great shot though. Like it's, 
what matters is that it feels uncontested for you at the end of the day. Like that, that right plant left foot, that's something you've done quite a few times. I actually think it might be the next clip I'm about to show you. That's, that's just a really, really difficult set of mechanics because I'm sure you guys were taught like many people, you know, left foot plant, right foot step in, take yeah. your shot, right? How are you guys going about kind of working on different footworks to get into your shots? It feels like even though the percentages don't indicate, for instance, a SAR that you can like knock down shots, it looks pretty clean. Your footwork getting into the shot is pretty good. Your balance is pretty good outside of that like little slight, you know, just right foot, you know, waver that you do from time to time to stick out. Just it's this is like barely even a question, but like how are you guys going about developing those different little footworks and different little things to get into your shot? It just feels like you guys are going to shoot at some point, especially yeah. you as far. Yeah, we we work on a lot of footwork like and stuff. And, and at the end of the day, shooting is like a lot about confidence. You know, we work on our shot every day. It's like whether you're willing to take a shot, but like taking good shots at the same time, you know, and that's a area I think I've grown on, you know, like. I'm not afraid to take a shot. I'm not afraid of an outcome, you know, because you got to improve. You work on it all the time. You could you might as well shoot it. It's going to be a critical part of your game. Like if, if you shoot 23% for your career, it's going to be hard for you to play in the NBA. So yeah. why not improve it now before you get there? You know, exactly. So here's this next clip. I mean, it's another one. So you're going to, take you're gonna almost slip this screen you're gonna jab step twice you're gonna go opposite and again you're gonna plant and knock down that shot what are you seeing here is you're kind of using this dribble handoff slipping it jabbing twice and going uh if like you can see he bit on my first jab step just a little so i know he's going bite i could already tell he's he's anxious he's anxious to stop me from going right well and I think this is a good example of, and this stands for both of you, given how high level athletes both of you are, your first steps, both of you, it just has to be so respected at the end of the day. Like I you wish. have to be afforded that level of respect because yeah. of how quick you can get to the basket. I wish we would have spread it out more. Like Jay Lou would have went to the corner and Bryce went to like the free throw line extended. Then that, that help might've not been there, but like, it's cool. You know, maybe I would have got oh, it worked out. You get two points regardless, right? Exactly. <laughs> again, though, like look at how you plant into this shot. Let's see if we can get there again. You know, boom, right foot, left in, jumper going up. I mean, these different kind of footworks for you to get into are going to be so critical for both of you uh, as you continue to develop as shooters because things move so fast in the NBA, right? You have to be able to get to these shots from different angles, different speeds. Um, Asor, who are some of the guys that you've watched to take little things from their game and kind of added them into yours? Um, so like, like I mentioned, I watch a lot of everybody, you know, so uh, I watch <laughs> – I watch Anthony Edwards. I like Anthony Edwards. You know, I watch Zach Levine, yeah. Shea, because I like Shea. I watch guards. See, like, I watch guards if I'm trying to learn something about, like, like little guards if I'm trying to learn something about coming off the screens, because I feel like they'll teach it a little better. I like Luca a lot. I watch a lot of Luca. So I watch different players for different things. Like, if I'm learning how to, like, 
catch it on the wing and get into something. I'm going to watch more of a wing player. Paul you know? George. Exactly. I like Paul George. I watch a lot of I like Paul George a lot. That's a good one for you to watch. I think Zach Levine's a great one for both of you guys to watch because of the hang time aspect, the explosiveness aspect. Um, it's funny. Like I remember I talked to Darius Garland pre-draft, and he was like, yeah, I watch a lot of D'Angelo Russell. And you wouldn't think of those two as congruous players, right? They're pretty different in the way that they operate. But he watches D'Angelo because D'Angelo's footwork is just nasty uh, in ball screens. And he wanted to be able to add some of that footwork to his game. He wanted to be able to add that ability to particularly lock a man on his hip, which is what D'Angelo has to live by because D'Angelo is, you know, since his knee injuries, I mean, I remember watching Ohio State like he was pretty he was a little bit more explosive but since the knee injuries he's not quite as explosive but how does that guy live like i think a lot of guys think that they should only watch players who kind of look like them and operate like them on the court but there's so much to learn from everyone basically that has played basketball uh especially the ones that are hyper elite technicians i didn't want to get out of here without showcasing that you could pass as well asar uh here is just a, it's a little one, right? You know, you're coming off a ball screen. You're reading the way the drop defender is going to come, and you're just going to hit. Uh, I believe this is, is this Ryan Buley. Yeah, that's that Ryan. is Ryan Buley. Yeah, so you're just hitting Ryan Buley. What are you seeing here as you come across the screen? Uh, I'm seeing like Jai is like backed up, and Tudor is like he's not like far from me, so it'd be hard to pull up. So it's like going right. So I'm gonna just go into Jai, you know, make him make a decision. And he thinks I'm gonna shoot it, and I just pass it to Ryan. It's funny because I wasn't even like I remember this play. I wasn't even thinking like I knew he was gonna do that. I was even thinking I was gonna have to shoot it. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you watch Asor's passing ability, what do you see and what do you like about it? Um, I like I like this jump pass right here. I like how he doesn't need to um a lot. If you like look at a lot of clips. You know, when a lot of people have to make the extra dribble just to get the ball ready, he can just use his athleticism and flip it over. I feel like um, I feel like passing is a very underrated aspect of his game. I feel like he almost passes like – I feel like he passes just as good as me for real. It's just the um, situation of his team versus my team. Yeah, I, I can see that. I think that you throw some – absolutely ridiculous passes Amen. like you throw some like cross corner reads that a sore how many cross corner reads can you remember you throwing this year i'm not gonna lie i was i was just on twitter and i seen two back to back <laughs> you can throw them but it's like you know I, I, once I, in a while right like Amon's throwing like three or four a game where you're just like oh holy shit like what did i just watch like right into the shooter's pocket every time right but it's it's the difference between your games right like he's more of the lead and you're more of the scoring guard and it's role based at the end of the day right yeah Yeah. so the last thing is i do want to talk to you about the shot right because you know like i said we've talked about this a little bit you guys shot both under 25 percent from three this year i'm sure it's the thing that you're working on right so Amen, let's start with you. What are you working on particularly to try and improve your jump shot? Um, particularly, I'm working on um, just like mechanics, uh, 
I feel like my mechanics have changed since the season ended for the better. Mm. Um, confidence, they, I'm putting up, you know, anytime I'm open, I'm putting up a shot in any scrimmage. It's just the reps to, like, two work, shootings involved in every workout I do, 100%. So catch and shooting, off the dribble shooting, mid-range shooting, just getting more comfortable taking the shots that I know I'm going to need to take in the next level when people are more athletic. So the the thing that I noticed with you is you bring it up like across the left side of your body a little bit. Is that like the thing that you're trying mechanically to remove? Yeah, that's not. Yeah, that's that's definitely one of them. And I feel like um, I don't know. We'll see. TBT. <laughs> <laughs> It's a game. It's like it's a game or maybe six games, right? You know, whatever it is. Like it, if you shoot, you know, one for three in a game or you shoot, you know, three for nine over the course of three games, if you guys win three games or if you shoot five for 15 over the course of five games, like no one's going to be like, oh, my God, I'm in Thompson, like can't shoot. Right. It's yeah. it's all a process at the end of the day. Asor, what are you working on in terms of your jump shot right now? Uh, you know, I'm working on uh, – my feet said the little kick out thing i'm working on that using my one like using my whole body like my legs to get into it so like and like one motion as well Mm. it was like a lot of it was like hand placement like stuff like spread my fingers stuff like that so what else are you guys kind of working on right now? We've kind of discussed it a little bit, but is there anything else that you want to particularly focus on? If I remember correctly, Amen said earlier in the show that you're working on ball handling a lot, particularly. Yeah, me and us are both working on a lot of ball handling. Um, yeah. a lot of a lot of like pick and roll reads. I work a lot of I work in the mid post a lot. Yeah, mid post. We've done a lot of mid post work because a lot of times, you know, we have a. There'll be a big lineup. We'll be running point, and um, there's going to be a small guard on us, and we got to take advantage of that. So we, we're doing a lot of that. And I would say my touch around the rim, floaters, hooks, reverses, just everything. Yeah. yeah. No, I like that. Uh, okay, last few questions here. What are you guys getting into off the court? when you're not playing basketball. I kind of got told like a sore, like you basically just play basketball and like, that's kind of it. And amen, you have more varied interests off the court from a couple people. Does that sound right? I feel like it'd be, I, I feel like it'd be the opposite. Honestly, like when people ask me a hobby, I have outside basketball. I, it's a hard question to answer. Cause I really don't know. I guess I'll play a video <laughs> game. Right. I feel like we're really, um, we're really focused on basketball at this like point in our lives, knowing that um, yeah, we're so close to like actually being in the NBA and trying to be the highest picks we could be. So I feel like I do have other outside interests, but none like compared to basketball. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. I always say I, I made bracelets. Like I made these. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. No, but I really I love it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. The, the last question I ask most people who come on the show is pretty simple. 
What is the last good TV show or movie that you guys watched? Stranger Things. I just finished it, but everybody's going to play that. So let me say. It, it, just because everyone says it, it doesn't mean it's a bad answer, Amen. I got I got to put them on, though. So. <laughs> Asor, do you have an answer while Amen's... Uh... Both. Attack on Titan show. So good. And um, movie, I would say... Uh... Man, I don't like watching a lot of movies for real. Super bad. No, I'm playing don't say super bad. I wanted to watch that movie. <laughs> you guys were like freaking four years old when Superbad came out. Probably, it's, it's, right? it's so good. Look, I so watched fun. it with my brother one time, and it was the best experience of my life. Wow. <laughs> nah, not really. But if I have to say, I'm going to just say Stranger Things. If I have to say a show, and I have to say a movie, like a newer movie. Honestly, I watched Hustle on the plane like three weeks ago, and I was like, wow. I said, um, this Hancho, is the best experience of my life. Hancho, no, Hancho, <laughs> I said, I said, no, no, I said, I said, he's actually like a, a really decent, I'd say a little above decent actor. Like, I was surprised. I didn't expect it. I thought it was like a joke of a movie. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not. I still haven't seen it yet, but everyone I've talked to is like, Oh yeah, this is legit. Like this is no. actually a good movie. No. I heard Anthony Edwards is like amazing in it though. That's right. Yeah, I I thought he was really good in it, but like his job was just to trash talk everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he was he definitely made the movie like pretty pretty good. Like Damn. Kermit. I really can't even think of a movie. It's okay, just say just say attack on time. Yeah, Attack on on Titan is a great answer. There we go. All right. Guys, thanks for coming on. This has been the Game Theory Podcast. Please remember, rate, review, subscribe. Do everything you can to support the show. We'll be back in a couple of days with some stuff on Summer League, uh, some more 2023 draft stuff at some point. But this was a great intro to the 2023 draft. Two of the best prospects upcoming in this draft, Amon and Asor Thompson. Thank you guys for coming on. We will talk soon. Thank you for having us.